0: Good morning. morning. So glad you all could join us as we celebrate three years together as a church. It's Awesome. It's awesome. It's it's a pretty big milestone within church planting world. Uh, I I think I've shared this before. Over 90% of churches closes, uh, church plants close before they celebrate three years. And yet here we are testament to all of you who have uh, made new anthem possible. We're celebrating actually a little bit late because of the ice apocalypse that never actually showed up, but nonetheless, uh, you can't predict that stuff. We've made the best decision we could with the information we had, and so did the meteorologists. I ain't mad about that, So, uh, but so glad you guys are here, crazy excited about the subject that we're going to talk about today, but before we dive into that, I know what some of you are thinking, which is, Pastor, that's a mega sweet shirt you got on right there, How do I go about getting one of those shirts? And I'm glad you asked, because here's how you do it. On your way out, there's going to be some tables full of shirts, different sizes. You just got to pick one up and take it with you. And you get one. So there you go. Happy birthday, new anthem. Everybody gets a shirt. If for some reason we run out of a size, don't worry. Just tell me. I'll get more. Come in. Give me your name and size. We should have plenty. Uh, I, I bought everything I could from youth extra small up to the biggest size they had, which was 5X, I think. So uh, help yourself. There you go. Happy birthday, new anthem. But In honor of our birthday today, I want to talk about why we exist as a church. And like that video showed, we exist because you are the church. In a very real way this morning, we're going to talk about each and every one of you and why you exist. And simply put, you exist to bring glory to God. There's a variety of ways that you're going to glorify God, but nothing can bring more glory to God than when you put your trust in Him as your Lord and Savior. Now, when you understand and fully comprehend what Jesus accomplished for you on the cross, furthermore, when you share that story about what Jesus did and the love of God, when you share that with the people, around you. Check it out. Watch this. Mark sixteen fifteen. Jesus said to them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Now you can see there's a couple different verbs used there. The first one is go. We're asked to go into all the world. Ultimately, what Jesus is saying is it's not a church if you're only concerned about the people that are in your midst, your country club. You pay your monthly dues, you get to decide what activities you like, you put your kids in different things, but this is not church, and this is not our church, which is why I love my church, because we're not concerned so much about each and every one of us in here, but we're concerned with those who don't know about the love of Jesus, because Jesus told us to go into all the world, but he also said to do something else, he said proclaim the gospel, it's the second verb, proclaim. Now that requires a little bit of analyzation because what, what is the gospel? What are we supposed to be proclaiming? The Greek word used there in your scripture for gospel is evangelion. It simply means good news. Jesus says, go proclaim the good news. Well, what is the good news? The good news is that God loved you Amen. so much that he sent his son into this world to die for your sins. This is the good news. Now, I've said this before a number of times, that in order for you to have good news, you've got to have bad news. In order for you to understand what's good, you've got to know what's bad. And what's bad is the fact that you're not perfect. And I don't think anybody in here can disagree with that. You don't have to be a Christian to believe that. You understand that things in your life have happened. You've made decisions that have probably hurt people or hurt yourself in some capacity, and you realize that you've fallen short. There's sin in your life. Do you realize that that word sin is actually an archery term? It means to fall short. And we've all fallen short. Nobody can argue with the fact that you've done some things that are pretty silly within your life. And that there's sin actually separating you from God. This sin creates a chasm between you and God because God is perfect and holy and righteous and he can't be around sin The Bible tells us that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And the good news is that Jesus bridges that gap. That there's no longer this separation between you and God. That he merges the two by dying on the cross and paying the penalty for sin. You say, well, why did Jesus have to die on the cross at all, pastor? Because the wages of sin is death. Because by you sinning. By being not perfect, you're earning death. And so we need somebody who can conquer both sin and death. That's the great news, that because Jesus rose from the dead three days after dying on the cross, he's conquered both sin and death. Amen, somebody? I'd like to pose a question before you, which is why do we hesitate to share with people this good news? This is the greatest news in the history of the world. That you don't have to be separated from God any longer. That he loves you and wants to be in a relationship with you and he wants to change your life. Why are we so hesitant to share this good news? I'm assuming that as followers of Jesus, those of you that are here this morning, that in the year 2017, we know of somebody who's a candidate to hear of this great news. So why are we so hesitant to share this life altering? eternity-changing love of Jesus Christ. I came up with four reasons. You might jot these down if you're taking notes. Number one, we're afraid. We're afraid to share this good news. Maybe we don't know how they'll respond. We don't want to come across as weird, right? It might cost us our job. It could cost us friendship if we share this. We're afraid of that. I understand that. Number two, we don't feel qualified. We feel like, well, they ask us questions, Pastor. I don't know how to answer the questions. I feel like I got to be like really smart about the Bible. I just started reading the Bible myself. How am I supposed to share with people about the Bible? We'll get there. Number three, we don't want to be pushy. We've all seen those Christians standing on street corners, you know, yelling into bullhorns and whatever and screaming on people trying to shove their faith down their throat. We don't want to come across that way, but we're still, we want to share, we just don't know how. We don't, we don't want to be pushy. We're going to talk about each one of those things, but here's the last reason that I, that I feel like it's important to notice, and it's that we're complacent. I can help you with the first three. We'll talk about that, but if you're complacent and can't help you i don't know what to even say to that because you have no idea how much time you have on this planet and if you just feel like god's going to take care of it then i don't know you need to do some soul searching well, let's address some of the first three You've, let me remind you you don't need a degree from a bible college your boy ain't got one okay <laughs> don't have to be an expert And you certainly don't have to have all the answers. As we saw in Mark, you've been commissioned to go into all the world and proclaim the gospel as an ambassador in Jesus' name. The Bible tells you that when you trust in the Lord as your Savior, His Holy Spirit literally takes up residence in your life, and you are uniquely qualified with certain gifts and abilities and a personality and passions so that you can glorify God by reaching people for Christ. So, with the rest of our time this morning, because I love each one of you, because of you being the church, and I love my church, I want to give you some ways that you can share this love of Jesus with the people around you. I'm hoping... That if you grab a free t-shirt that says, I love my church, that you're going to be willing to go on this mission with with us. That we can be about changing our communities together. Deal. 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 Three of you are with me. All right. Well, (laughs) for those three, here's what you need to do. You got to use what you have. You got to use what you have. In fact, this is the very first way that we see Uh, the gospel spread by a very unlikely candidate within scripture. You might feel like that this morning. I'm a very unlikely candidate, pastor. You don't know me, you don't know my history, and you might be true, but there's a guy in your Bible you can uh, maybe look to as a role model. His name's Levi. Now, you might know him by his other name, which is Matthew. Matthew was a very despised tax collector, yet when Jesus changed his life, he simply couldn't keep this love that he felt to himself. So he didn't know how to share his faith, but he did know uh, how. In fact, Matthew wasn't a preacher. He was a tax collector. He was used to stealing people's money. He would have failed miserably at handling objections. I mean, he just met the guy. He would never led a small group. He never volunteered at church. He was used to being the guy who had a, a mob around him, an army of soldiers who'd go and beat people up if he had to and take their money. This is Levi. This is Matthew. The only thing he knew to do, how to do was collect money and throw a party. And so that's exactly what he did. He decided to throw a party. He threw some burgers on the grill, put on the KU game on the flat screen because we all know if that's where Jesus would have played basketball, if he was on the play, I mean, so he fired it up. That's my one, my one, jo- all right, the elders have allotted me one joke. I'll get it out early. That's the KU joke for the year. Hey, he iced down some drinks, got some more d'oeuvres, created the Facebook invite, said, you all got to come and see this guy. He used what he had. You guys, just a side note here, I apologize, but this is how my brain works. Uh, Do you see the Facebook invite the guy in Mexico did for his daughter's quinceanera? And uh, he accidentally invited everybody. And so like the the airlines started giving 30% off tickets to this dude's hometown. He had to hire police to escort traffic in. It was a huge fiasco. It was awesome. It was a very expensive mistake. But nonetheless, pretty cool. But Matthew Back to Matthew. He used what he had. He did what he knew. Here's how Luke reports on this party in Luke chapter 5 verse 29. It says, Then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house, and a large crowd, tax collectors and others, were eating with them. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged to their sect complained to his disciples, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus answered them, It's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I've not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Love that. The same way you can use what you have to reach those that you love. Start with what you got. You got a boat? Great. Take people to the lake. Get to know them. Develop a relationship with them. Share your faith with them. Do you have season tickets? Fantastic. Use them. Share them. Go to the games. Invite somebody who doesn't know about Jesus. Develop a genuine relationship. Before long, you could influence somebody with simple, something as simple as going to a game. Man, how God could use that? You have no idea. Can you cook? Fantastic. We've got a whole section of college students who love to eat and are too poor to make anything themselves. Invite them over. Before long, they're going to bring all their friends over. And they don't maybe have a relationship with Jesus. And you can share about the bread of life and Jesus. College kids, where are you at? Somebody say amen to that, right? Hello. Man, get them over. Start feeding them. You have extra time. Fantastic. Start volunteering. You could volunteer at this school. Principals told me a number of times they could use people for after school activities to help tutor. I'm sure there's schools in each one of your own communities as well that you could volunteer at uh, to help change a young kid's life. God could use something as simple as helping with math homework. Man, love it. Use what you have. I can remember one of the first times that I shared my faith. I just used what I had. We and some college buddies were watching WrestleMania a number of years ago. Listen to me. If God can use the WWE and WrestleMania to change somebody's life, he can use anything to change somebody's life. Just use what you have. What do you have? Analyze in your own life. What can I be using for God's glory? God can use you as you use what you have to reach people for Jesus. Like Levi, Matthew, you can be relational in your approach. Here's a second way. You can invite someone to church. You want to share your faith? Maybe you don't know how to articulate that. That's fine. Invite them to church. We'll team up. We'll do this to get together. John told a powerful story about a woman who had experienced a lot of hurts in her life. Done a number of things. Probably put uh, your sin to shame by what she had done, but then she met Jesus. And he offered her a relationship that would change her life forever. John tells a story in chapter four, verse twenty-eight. It says, Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town, said to the people, Come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way toward him. What did she do? She didn't memorize the script. She didn't preach a sermon. She didn't lead anyone in prayer. She simply invited people to come and meet the Savior who changed her life. You can do the same thing. Invite people to meet Jesus here at New Anthem Community Church. Share about the grace of God. Maybe you see someone hurting in your class, at your school, being bullied, whatever it is. You can tell them about a place that's safe, looking for comfort. This is that place. You'll see someone at the gym who's discouraged. They need hope. We can offer them some hope. You'll see someone who you work with, lost, making stupid decisions, heading a bad direction. You can help alter their course. Remember, one invitation could be all it takes to change somebody's eternity change a life to put back a marriage man you tell me an invite wouldn't be worth that no price that could buy something like that and this is what i can promise you as long as i am the pastor which i plan on being forever will always be a safe place for an unbeliever to come and hear about the love jesus has for them you know a skeptic, somebody who's got a lot of questions, that's fine. we will always be a safe place for them to come and hear about Jesus. Like the woman at the well who invited her friends to meet Jesus. If you'll invite your friends to this church, I can promise you, they will always hear about the gospel, the good news, the love that Jesus has for them. And we're never going to do anything weird with snakes or whatever to put them off, because we believe Jesus, one second in the presence of God, because of Jesus, can radically transform somebody's life, Amen. Amen. amen, amen, here's another thing you can do, you can share your story, you can share your story, one time when Jesus healed a blind man, but people didn't believe they actually healed him they started criticizing jesus calling him a con man and a sinner they went so far as to bring this dude's family in and be like come be honest he wasn't always really blind was he right i mean you guys are kind of pretending this whole thing but watch what this man says it says he replied whether jesus is a sinner or not i don't know but one thing i do know i was blind now i see John 9 25 what did the man do he told his story I don't know much I was blind and this man healed me he goes on because some of these skeptics started fighting back they asked him what did Jesus do to you how did he open your eyes he answered I told you already and you didn't listen people don't want to listen why do you want to hear it again do you want to become his disciples I love that. Are you just looking for more information because you want to follow this man too? He told his story. I was blind, but now I see. I'll give you a brief version of my story in case some of you don't know it. I grew up in church, for the most part, did the right thing, followed a lot of the rules, read my Bible, prayed, knew how uh, to speak the language of a Christian, knew and to raise my hands during the song, knew all of those things, but I never really had a relationship with Jesus. I always believed, always understood that he was the son of God, but I never really knew him personally. And so then my senior year of high school, I suffered a catastrophic knee injury. It kept me doing from the one thing that I really loved doing, which was playing basketball. I tore my ACL and was unable to do that, and a lot of the colleges and things like that where they were recruiting me, my junior year just stopped, and I blamed God. I said, I kept all the rules, and this is how you're going to repay me. Now I can't do the one thing that I really wanted to do. My life took a very drastic downward turn after that. You name it, I probably... Have been there drugs alcohol girls any sort of debauchery you can think of I went off the rails because I thought God owed me something which he didn't but by the grace of God he allowed a number of leaders to come in and change my life and helped put me back between the rails didn't allow some of the things that I had done to impact My future and my story. There were a number of times that I thought I was going to die in college. Yet God said, no, 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 no. You're mine. I'm going to use you and your story. And what really, if I can be honest, really changed my life was getting involved with a small group. The church that helped launch us, Grace Community Church. After Laura and I got married... We, she's not from the area. We knew that we needed to find some other young couples in our kind of same life stage to help uh, grow us because we've never hidden the fact, neither one of us have ever hidden the fact, that the first couple of years of our marriage simply were not good. Two unbelievers living in a house trying to figure it all out is not good. We used to like to play this game where she would uh, like try and smother me in my sleep and push a pillow... <laughs> On my face. It's different simpler time, right? No, that's ridiculous. I apologize. But if I'm being honest, what really changed our life was getting involved in a small group. Having people challenge us, having leaders challenge us, to grow in our faith, to grow in our relationship with God first, and each other second. I share this in all of my premarital counseling sessions. If you'll just place God at the top, each one of you as a spouse or on a corner. It's a love, little love triangle with God. If you each are pursuing God, your natural byproduct of it is you get closer together. I learned that in small group. You've got to put God at the center of your relationship. But neither one of us were really living Christian lives, and small group helped change our life. I can honestly say that if it wasn't for that group, I would not be here this morning. Certainly would not be pastor which is why the other thing that you can do if you really love this church you can host a group you can host a group again this doesn't take a degree or any special qualifications special knowledge of the bible let me tell you exactly what hosting a group means put it in your notes do you have a heart for people do you care about people are you able to open your home Can you serve a snack? Can you turn on a video? Turn on a study? That's all hosting a group requires. That you actually care about people. That you want to change people's lives. That you got a house that we can meet in. That you have the ability and capability of serving a snack. Or asking the people in your group to serve a snack. And can you turn on study? If... You're able to do any of those things, then you should be hosting a group. In fact, I'll just tell you right now: I'm so committed to this year, 2017, that we get 50 more groups started. We've started tracking it. We're going to figure out who's involved in a group, who's hosting a group, and and if you're concerned about hosting, you say, "I I want to, Pastor. I got all those things. I'm just I don't know about the study. What if people are asking questions? Here's what we're going to do." We're going to assign you a coach. You can have the same study that that coach's group is studying. You can talk about it beforehand. The coach will help walk you through some of the things that you need to be focusing on within that study. So you'll do it together. Strength in numbers. So committed to this small group ministry this year. I believe God wants to change people's lives just like he changed my wife and I's lives. He wants to heal marriages. He wants to push you in ways that you've never been pushed, all for his glory. He just wants you involved in a small group. I believe we should have groups in every one of the communities we have represented here. We've got people coming all the way from Hillsboro. We should have a group. Valley Center, Park City, Newton, Heston. We should have groups. Each one of these places all bring glory to God and changing people's lives and the community around them. Listen to me. Life change happens in a relationship. I've said it before. Life change happens in circles, not rows. Hour on Sunday is going to help you for a little bit. But at some point, you've got to start being open and honest and confessing your sins to one another so that you can be healed, James talks about. You've got to be in a relationship. God did not create you to be alone. He created you to be in a community, first with him and then with the people around you. So can you host a group? You need to let me know that on your connection card. Love to talk with you about what that means. So here's my prayer. As many of you know, January 8th, we started 21 days of prayer and fasting. I've been praying and fasting. And my prayer this week has been that each person here could learn to use what you have. That you could learn to share your story. That you'd be passionate about inviting someone to church. That you'd either agree to host a group or get involved in a group. So that we can change this church together. Anybody else committed to that this morning? Let's pray. God, we love you. We thank you for bringing together each person here this morning. God, not only do I love my church, but I know that you love your church. You want to change people's lives. You want to stretch them and push them and get them in a relationship with you. As we continue to pray this morning, if you're here for the very first time, never trusted Jesus as your Savior, maybe heard about him like me, grew up in church, but you've never really committed your life to him in a real way. I want to give you an opportunity to do that this morning because the Bible says if you'll confess in your heart and believe in Jesus, you'll be saved. So I'd invite you just to do that with me in your heart. You can pray this prayer. Say, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I've sinned. I know I'm not perfect, but I believe in Jesus that he died for me, but he rose again. Again. And because of that, I'm made new. Thank you for saving me. Help me as I learn more about you and grow in a relationship with you and put you first in all things. God, we thank you for new life. We thank you for new opportunities. We thank you for this new year. Just ask that each person here is committed to strengthening their relationship with you because of the love that you have for us. Bless each person as they leave this place today. Help give them opportunity to bring things to mind. Show them ways that they can use what they have. That they can invite someone to church. Put somebody on their heart and mind right now. They need to invite to church. Let them share their story with them. Let's be about changing the world together through small groups. All in Jesus' name, amen.